check, check, one check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Truck Hero, Hero Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Thursday, June 29th. It's noon Pacific. Noon, noon. Does anybody eat around here? Noon, noon. Here we go. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Muddy Creek's in our rearview mirror. Red Bud coming up this weekend. Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. This is round six. So this is halfway, people. After this, we'll have a little bit of a clue of what's going on, what's happening, who's going to do what. Tomac within striking distance of e. Blake Baggett, only four points. And uh, Osborne, 31-point lead in the 250 Motocross Series. It's pretty big. And uh, we'll talk about that and more, 702-586-7857. If you have a question or a comment about the National Series, um, and Jason Thomas and Dan Truman will be on to uh, discuss that, please give us a call, 702-586-7857. There's a few lines open, as usual, people call in early with some questions. And uh, thanks again for listening. Appreciate it. Get it on iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. And... Uh, We'll be back here every Thursday before every national to uh, to talk and recap and think about it, talk about what's up with our sport and everything else in general, and uh, looking forward to doing some moto talking with you guys. Flyracing.com, please check them out. They make much more than just moto gear, although Weston Pike, who got fourth, where's uh, fly Racing, Blake Baggett, who got third, wears black, uh, Fly Racing, uh, Dakota Alex wears Fly Racing, Trey Kennard came back, he wears Fly Racing, but if you want some mountain bike gear, some moto gear, some watercraft, snow stuff, uh, hard parts, flyracing.com has got you covered, and also too, uh, on board with the show, Truck Hero, truck-hero.com, parent company of NFAB, uh, JGR Suzuki, uh, depends on Truck Hero, getting your truck covered outside to in. Truck here, tonneau covers, uh, bumpers, light mounting solutions, uh, bed liners, all that kind of stuff. Available on truck-hero.com. We appreciate those guys as well. I know a lot of you guys who are listening have uh, trucks, and uh, so support them. Go to Truck Hero and see what you want. Uh, Pro Taper as well, the Geico Honda team, Rockstar Energy Husky, uh, the JGR Suzuki over here. They all use Pro Taper bars and sprockets. Um, please check out protaper.com. They've got uh, everything you need. As well, if you've got a little one with little tiny hands... The micro line of bar and grips uh, has been really big for the folks at Pro Tapers. The KJSC crew in Supercross use uh, the micro line, and uh, it's really a neat idea. I'm surprised it never hasn't really been thought of before. Um, so yeah, tiny hands and, and the bar, tiny bar and tiny grips and everything else for, for for those people. So please check it out and get data. Dan Truman will be on later. Chad Reed, Cooper Webb using Get. The JGR Suzuki guys use Get. And uh, destroy the start with the folks at Get. Uh, just an ECU for your motorcycle to take it to the next level. So please, 
Uh, check them out. All available. Uh, we got some discounts as well if on some of that product. If you if you need it, just contact the show using the contact form on pulpamex.com. 702-586-7857. As I told you, um, Dan Truman and JT will be on. We have uh, a lot to talk about when it comes to uh, Red Bud. Like, is it the best national? Is it? Are we there yet? Do we agree? I think we agree. Let me know. 702-586-7857. I'm going to ask Dan and JT that as well. Uh, taking your calls, holding things down over there, producing the show the best he can. The Tits Legendary. Hey, Steve. How jealous were you that I just got back from the 2018 Fly Gear launch? I was the exact same amount of jealous as I was bitter that I didn't get an invite. Yep. Or maybe I could have gone for you. So yep. I know you're all about pawning things off and getting other people to do it. I would have been more than happy what to do What do you mean it. I'm all about pawning things <laughs> off and getting things? What? I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I... Um, the jealousy was high. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Muddy Creek, Tits? I think that I agree with Mr. Wygant about the uh, the track prep. Uh, it was like a freeway, and there was nothing really happening. I know that DV does not feel that way. I quite enjoyed him ripping into Wygant in his column. Um, not the most exciting race, my opinion. I mean, everyone was going fast, not a lot of passing other than Blake Baggett. Yeah, but... I mean, it's the old thing. Baggett passed a ton of guys to get the third. It was an amazing ride. But uh, for the most part, the other 38 guys on the track. He's going to pass them no matter what. Yeah, yes. didn't have a lot of racing. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. There is – I think they both have points, DV and Chad, uh, oh, or DV yeah. and Weege, Absolutely. on track prep. Um, it's just a matter of where – I think we can maybe be in the middle of what they were saying. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Find some common ground. Right. That's kind of what yeah, we do. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's interesting. So um, what do you think, Tits? Six rounds in, five, four points. Tomax won four motos. This is, uh, I, you call me Nostradamus. Um, I think Baggett's going to take it because I think Eli is going to have another brain fart. Really? That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a uh, really. I don't care either way. Yeah. But that's kind of what I think. No, Eli gone. has shown. Yes, Dungey's gone. I'm surprised I'm even here each week. Um, but that's what I think. Right. All right. So uh, let's get JT on the line. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. We are giving away a Fly F two helmet today. So uh, you get your choice of a replica helmet of a rider or standard graphic, whatever it is. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. You got a good question about the series. We'll give you a helmet. So it's really sweet, sweet deal for those guys uh, at Fly for, for helping us out and uh, giving us that. We appreciate that. And uh, so, yeah, give us a call. Talk some Red Bud. Talk some Muddy Creek. Talk some Nationals. Or if you want to talk some Supercross. The schedule came out a couple weeks ago. And uh, we'll see. That's always an interesting time to, to see what's going on with that and uh, everything else. So flyracing.com, Moto60 Show. JT, what's up, man? How are you? Long time to talk. Yeah, yeah, really. Just wrapped up the NFAB Fantasy Moto Show, everybody. So, um, Tits, uh, first thing I first thing Tits did, JT, when I got in, did you, did you get a catalog? Did you get a catalog? <laughs> Typical. Yeah, he's uh, he's upset. How's everything going at the launch? You guys are still up there. It's really cool. I, I, I wish I could kind of be there, but uh, very busy. Three shows today lined up. Flying to Red Bud tomorrow. I just can't. How's everything going, though? It's been going great, man. I've uh, been doing some some mountain biking today with Kiefer. We've been doing some motos, not uh-huh. not the kind of motos he likes to run, but we've been uh, yep. 
going up and down the mountain a little bit. Um, I came back to the room to uh, to do the Moto 60 show, and then I'm headed back to, to do some more runs. Oh, so. cool. Awesome. That resort's really well. The, the photos from that resort is just awesome. It's great. Yeah. So. I mean, we're – I you know, I was kind of trying to tell you, and I know you couldn't make it, but it's just unbelievable up here. I, I got too much work. I got a feature even do. I got to work on a feature for Racer X after this. I don't understand. I hear you. I don't understand I about you. these just, media guys. These media guys, how do they get away from four hours of uh, – four days of work? Just nothing. Uh, they've been working like we have free time built into every day because we know people have workloads so uh-huh. every day in the in the schedule there's free time to get work done okay all right uh by the way uh don maeda who uh, transworld motocross editor he he he, get, he came up there and don loves that other company that has an animal head for their logo just loves them absolutely can't get enough of them uh i will tell you folks i had a conversation with him yesterday and the light hydrogen 2018 light hydrogen gear for fly he was blown away blown away by it now i don't know if it was it was just the high of that uh of that barbecue lunch we had and everything (laughs) um but uh honestly yeah he loved it couldn't couldn't stop talking about it so um so it seems like you guys the improvements you made have been really good yeah we've been trying hard so you know i've been excited about it for a while i kind of had to keep my mouth shut on a lot of stuff and and we're still embargoed you know even now um but at least at least other people are getting to see it that I can show, and then you know the world gets to see it here in another mm-hmm. month. Track right outside of WPS headquarters, uh, up in Boise, Idaho. Andrew Short motoring down, Kiefer motoring down. Racer X is Aaron Hansel eating shit and high siding. Might have been my favorite part of the day, but um, yep, he's very sore. Yeah, very oh, sore oh, is he? Is he still very sore? Okay. Yes. Um, the Pulpamex custom Pulpamex signs were, were a real nice touch, although Hansel broke that also. <laughs> you know so. Aaron Hansel causing destruction wherever he <laughs> yeah. goes. So, Human wrecking ball. Yeah. So 2018 fly launch going on now, and that's where JT is right now. So uh, Dan Truman coming up here on the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. My question for you, JT, is I wrote an extensive national track breakdown column that I hope is going to go up soon, um, and I'll just give away the rankings right now. Uh, I've, I, I judged each national on uh, track, viewing, History and heritage, convenience factor. Um, we're all my categories. And yeah. Red Bud won. They straight. They weren't great in the convenience factor, but uh, Red Bud won. And I think, JT, I think if you went around the pits, Red Bud would be voted the best national of the year. Man, I thought for sure you would have picked, uh, picked Millville. I thought you were going Millville no, all in. No, I, Millville track is the best. I've said that. But the convenience factor is low. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, viewing, not so good at viewing either. Um, so that's kind of things that hurt Millville. But I do think it's the best track. But uh, overall, Red Bud, the best national. Nice. Uh, I would agree. I think it's uh, – I like to coin it America's national. I think it, you know, it's on our Independence Day weekend – uh, I feel it has the best overall atmosphere, uh, both for race fans and just the the patriotism of the weekend. And let's let's face it, there's no party at a national like Redbud Party. So uh, I think the track is, you know, if the track was just terrible, um, that would put a damper on the weekend. I think. But when you had such a great track, you know, arguably one of the best tracks. I I, I like your argument for Millville's track. Yeah. But uh, the tracks that are very very high level. And then all the other aspects to it. I mean, you're in the Midwest, which is, you know, it's Heartland America. Fourth uh, of July weekend, the, the party just goes off there because most of, most of the world will take off Monday, and then they have, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, excuse me, um, you know, off work. So they, 
they go hard in Lot B. If you ever want to find a party, go to Lot B at Redbud, and uh, you'll you'll find more party than you bargained for. Mm-hmm. Uh, has good racing normally a good track for passing options as well? You think so? I think it's I think it's tough for that. I think uh, passing's difficult at Redbud. I, I really believe that. Um, I don't know. I think it's okay. It seems all right. Well, um, it gets rough, so it gets outside out. The insides get uh, really breaking bumpy and huge uh, bumps on the inside, so guys start railing the outsides. You know. Um, yeah, but what tends to happen at Redbud is a lot of the lines they branch out down the straightaway and then they kind of funnel back to yeah. the inside in the turn. So you you kind of have to draft out of the turn and then just pin it down the straightaway and almost force it going into the turn. Um, there's just not a lot of, like, you stay on the outside down the straightaway, then you stay on the outside down the turn, and, and then you can make something happen. It just I think there's a little bit too much of it coming back to the inside in every turn at Redbud, but mm-hmm. that would be my real my yeah. only real complaint for the whole facility, honestly. What's it like jumping the Larocco's Leap, bro? Uh, it's big. I, I heard they made some, some changes to that jump this year, uh, but it, it's different every year, man. I, I've jumped it where... The first time I hit it on a YZ250, I flat-landed it. I overjumped it by probably a good 20 feet. Uh-huh. And then I've had years where on a 450, it was every every ounce of torque and horsepower that I had to make it. And even then, I was still casing it half the time. So it depends on the turn before it. It depends on how deep it is, you know, if they've got a lot of rain, uh, because that's going to rob all your power. Uh, and it depends on how steep they make the face, too. Uh, and the landing, and there's so many variables to how difficult it's going to be. Uh, the one thing that never changes is that it's just huge. It's yeah. huge and big, and the first time you jump it, it's scary, and you know it's the biggest <laughs> jump of the year most years. Um, yeah. But and, the interesting uh, thing to watch is just if it's tough for the guys to jump it or not, because you'll see guys starting to back out of it in the second moto. Yeah, I saw some press day video. It looks like two of the F guys are clearing it, so they're, they extended the track a little bit, and you're making a you're making a left and then a right, and you come up to it. So you're carrying. Yeah, you know what's, you know what's crazy now is the two of the Fs are pushing 51 horsepower now. Which is just retarded. Yeah. Um, you know, we were on we were on one twenty fives and we were in the high thirties and guys were like, I don't know, maybe I'm gonna jump it this year, you know. Right. And yeah. Yeah. we're supposed to be surprised that two fifty Fs with two hundred you know, they're two hundred and fifteen pounds and they're uh fifty one horsepower. Yeah, of course they're gonna jump it. So yep. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 a good track, it's a good crowd, it's a good vibe. Um the start section is really cool, that whole that whole part of it is awesome. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see JT, ET, uh, Eli Tomac move to within four points of Blake Baggett. He did, he did. It's uh, it's been it's a close points race, but we really haven't had any battles. As weird as that is, um, and this is an this is an ET track to me. You think so? Yes. This was a Chupacabra track too. True. He, he True. came from behind and just crushed these guys. You yeah, know, he, and, he turned and, it on about seventeen minutes into a moto once and just <laughs> yeah, just stomped everyone. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm still waiting for those two to square off and both of them be having a good moto, and let's just see who's got what. Because we really haven't gotten that. You know, Eli's done a great job of of getting away from Blake early, and then Blake. You know, the the motos where Blake has, yeah. has been there, he really hasn't even had a chance to do anything about it. Yep. They're they're turning the same lap times, but Eli's ten seconds ahead of him. So I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping for a battle. You know, I obviously tra- to be transparent, I have vested interest in Blake, you know, with his team owners, my friend, and he wears the gear that I uh, prefer and all those things. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm completely, you know, unbiased. But more than anything, I just want a good battle. I want to be entertained. So um, just on a purely fan level, I want to see it. Uh, I think we start seeing a bit of a breakaway between the three guys, uh, Tomac, Anderson, and Baggett. I think we start seeing a little bit of a breakaway. You don't think Mark can get in there? What's that? 
You don't think Marv can get in there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how bad the knee is. It seems like it's better than we thought, but um, you know, I need to see it. Yeah, I got. I, I he can if healthy. Yes, he's in the battle, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't. You're, you're telling me that he moved to the Show Me State. He's not from. Yeah, Missouri. yeah. No, I, I need to see this. Like, how bad is it? Is he riding during the week? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll see. I nope. I think those three start breaking away unless Marv's knee feels better. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I don't think I don't think we've heard the last of Marv. Um, yeah. If last week it didn't seem like it was such a knee thing. He wasn't fast in practice, uh, but I don't think he is necessarily the fastest guy when the track's flat and no ruts. Uh, but I don't think it's over quite yeah. yet. I, I will say if if he doesn't do well again, and he's now forty, fifty, sixty points out of this title, uh, yeah, we might not see Mark for the rest of the summer. Right, a little bit. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Let's get to some phone calls here. First up, uh, Dave. What's up? What's your question for JT? Yeah, I called in. Uh, well, I emailed and I asked about the VIP program, the flag. Yeah, and that looks amazing. I'm racing uh, tomorrow, so at Redbud. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to afford it, but and I read what you had. And it just seems amazing. I just are you guys going to be doing it next year? Uh, yeah, JT, the VIP program, something you've been doing for a number of years. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. You know the uh, the outdoors is a little different. You know, I'm very fortunate that we have our, our WPS affiliation, so that makes things a little bit easier on me. Uh, but Supercross has been an overwhelming success for the VIP program. Outdoors is something we're still building. Um, it's obviously available. Uh, it's just um, doesn't have to seem doesn't seem to have the spectator turnout for one that the Supercross series has. So I think that's just reflected in the VIP program as well. Uh, the outdoor program is definitely more competitively priced. So I would say that's uh, a definite advantage for the outdoor series. But in any case, I can I can promise you I've I've done this racing, spectating, viewing thing everywhere there is to do it, both on the track, off the track, and press boxes and suites. Um, I, I, believe, I truly believe our VIP program is the best thing going. Uh, there, uh, you go. there you go, Dave. Yeah, it'll, more, it'll be around. What? Uh, did you guys see what they did to the Leaf exactly? Because I, I've been watching very closely. I just raced there for the Spring Classic, and then they changed it shortly after that. What they did was clone the Leaf and moved it to uh, what is that, T3? T they moved it over about 20 feet. They cloned it. And now there's a sweeping 180 and a 90 right before the leap. Yeah, I so saw I, I saw the different. change before it. I didn't know after. But I saw the change of the corner before it on Instagram. But So right before you go down the hill, there's another leap? Yeah, right after. Well, no. They, uh, they cloned it, and they took out the original leap to put in big uh, grandstands. Oh. So after you come off T T three, you do a long sweeper to about the same distance the leap was. Yeah. You do a one eighty, and then you come back in ninety and hit it. Yeah, I saw the I saw that like corner right next to T three. Oh wow! So it's not in the same spot. Wow, that's really weird. That'll be different. Yeah, yeah. it looks a lot smaller to be honest with you than than so I've seen though, in years past. Too. Huh. Wow, interesting, Dave. Thanks for calling, man, and check out the VIP program. All right, thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I'm not going to go off on a rant here, but why do these tracks screw with this stuff? I, I don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. Well, I'm I'm watching a video of uh, Brock Tickle jumping it, and I will say that it looks it much looks much safer, easier on equipment. Um, so what, while it may not be such a a fan uh, wow type jump, 
Um, I, th- I think it's better this way. For guys racing 35 minutes and trying to jump this thing when they're probably seeing two tracks at once, uh, I think it's better. I'll be the judge of that. Uh, Mark, what's up? You got a question about the new gear? Yeah, I just want to say uh, new gear looks real good, JT. Oh, you didn't see it, though, Mark. You couldn't have saw it anywhere. Well, I don't get on Instagram much, but i seen a short little video of uh, uh, JT and Andrew Short were talking, and that gear was on the mannequin in the background of that video. It was kind of, uh, it's, it's for pretty far back there. But, yeah, you can basically see it. Well, it looks outstanding. I can't wait. Well, I appreciate it, and I would appreciate it if you didn't look at that anymore. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame me. Blame Racer X. Anything else, Mark? Nope, that's it. Okay, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get to Mitch. Mitch, what's going on? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's happening? Hey, what's happening, guys? Hey, my question was, um, you know, you have your, your national tracks, which are so rough, um, and then the stuff that these guys practice on during the week can't replicate that. We saw Blake Baggett completely change his setup after a couple rounds or after the first round. Do they have different practice settings that they ride with during the week, like suspension stuff, and then – race with their race settings or do they just practice on these tracks with their race settings um to get more familiar with the bike that way or or how does that work yeah that's a that's a good question um uh good question uh mitch um yeah as a former mechanic i can tell you that the riders want to replicate the race bike uh as is during the week so they know what what goes on but oftentimes at their press at their at their practice tracks um, they will find a setting and then bring it to the race on the weekend or suggest a change on the weekend for something that they've been riding during the week that they changed. Um, so you start with a race setting, but yeah, you're right, exactly. Also, too, the, well, I was going to say, the tracks are different, the soil's different, you know, everything else, the riders are more used to it. The, sure. the intensity of a race often brings out um, settings that you need different from during the week. That you that you now have on the weekend, so it's a it's a constant fluid changing situation uh, from a team um, during the week of a rider what he's doing during the week. JT, what do you, what do you got to add to that? Just as far as like setup being different practice and race. Yeah, and and during yeah. the week testing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, the engine's going to be different for sure, just because of reliability deal. You know, they would be blowing up engines left and right if it was exactly the same, but. Um, you know, on the weekend, the track's going to be typically different than what you're racing on. Uh, Red Bud's going to probably be pretty close, but I can guarantee you that all the guys, you know, in Florida and at MTF, GPF, Club MX, south of the border, the, the Nest, um, Alden Baker's Place, you know, a- everywhere are going to be much different than what they rode at Muddy Creek. So their setups are going to be pretty, pretty, uh, I would say, significantly different. How about that? Um, everything from suspension to uh, even, you know, maybe some steering stuff like the races. And, and I'm sure they were moving some stuff around just with a different surface. Uh, high point as well. You know, nobody's riding during the week on – or the the main part of the field aren't practicing on conditions like high point saw. Um, so I'm sure a lot of those guys were – they were changing stuff all day, you know, between motos, between practices, uh, as conditions change, et cetera. Uh, and then testing too. Um, by this point, you know, I, most of the teams have it figured out. You know, they're we're uh, a full month plus into the racing season, and you know, they, these guys started testing probably in April. So that's been at least two months of, uh, of outdoor testing and riding. Um, if there's new developments as the 18 products come out, that will all change. 
Uh, but we're kind of in a little window here where everybody's got their 17s figured out for the most part. Mitch, in my experience with riders, too, as they get fitter, as they get more used to the hot temperatures, as they pick up speed in the outdoors, you'll, you'll notice setting changes um, from week to week. And the rider will be like, yeah, you'll be like, hey, you'd really like this setup at Glen Helen in, in May when we tested. And you went with it, and then now you're getting faster and better and in better shape. And uh, so now we're changing, you know, stiffening it up a little bit. So it's, it's always changing, man. And that's the, the beauty of the sport or the thing that gets frustrating is trying to, trying to nail that down from week to week. So Sure. Uh, cool. Anything else? Nah, man, that's oh, it. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, DJ, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, man? How are you? Good. What's going on? What's your question? Uh, I just want to know what's your favorite Redbud memories. What's your favorite Redbud memory, JT? Uh, I went down racing wise. It was, uh, whatever I was like, you know, I rode well there, but you know, nine to 12, I was kind of, that was about as good as I was going to do. My favorite memory was I went down my first year of, I, that I was retired in 2013 and I went down and, uh, decided I would figure out what lot B was all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, very impressive. I would say, Yeah. I don't remember a whole lot of it. Uh, I remember the headache on uh Saturday morning, but, um, good times, man. Those guys go hard down there. I I love it. They're celebrating America's birthday, and uh, you've never heard Red Bud yelled so many times in your life as you will down in Red Lobby about uh, 2 a.m. I went uh, I went there not 2 a.m. but uh, Saturday or maybe Friday night, whenever the day before the national around seven o'clock to film a bottom line segment. And yeah, there were some weird things going on. There was a, that's there was seven p.m. Bro, that's yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. happy hour. Um, and uh, DJ, I rode Red Bud one year after the national. Uh, you know, a couple hours out wouldn't happen nowadays, but um, a magazine was doing a test on on our bikes. This was Moto Triple X days, and uh, we got the I got to ride the track. It wasn't any fun at all, though, DJ. It was horrible. Um, I was not having fun, but it was cool to ride the the track, anyways. After the the national, so that's a memory that I have of, of Red Bud. Uh, as far as my rider goes. Um, Timmy didn't jump the leap one year, all practice, and then did it in the first moto for the first time, and uh, finished third, I think, on that day. So there, there was that memory. Uh, Nick Way was very. Would have been 03, maybe. Yeah, I think 03. Yeah. So I did uh, it on Saturday in the mud, and I was giving Timmy shit because he wouldn't do it yeah. on race day when it was actually way better conditions. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. But uh, then he beat me by like a minute, so whatever. <laughs> all right, DJ, thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. See you, man. Thanks. Uh, Blake has a question about Houston Supercross. What's up, Blake? How are you? Hey, Steve. First of all, I want to say RIP to Toronto Supercross. Yeah. I've, I've always... Oh, you there? Texas. Oh. Quite a bit different. Canada. Can you hear me? Canada. Yeah, I can hear you now. You're breaking up, but... Um, okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about cool. Houston for? I've, I've heard it talked about, but I haven't heard the answer. Uh, being the second week of the schedule, if the Houston Texans had a home playoff game, the second week, which it means they get a first round bye. What would happen to the Supercross race? Yeah, Did I saw. I, I heard that about when they when this series came out. I got a text about it or something from somebody. That was for me. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, geez, you would think this would be figured out, right, Blake? You think that they would like this would all yeah. be worked out? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, what did the Houston Texans do? Say, oh, no, we're not going to make the playoffs, so let's just do the Supercross race. You know what? It's it's a great question, and I have rolling the dice. Yeah, what I have, they're doing. I have no clue. <laughs> Um, you would think they would not roll the dice and this would all be planned out and thought about. 
Um, but maybe oh, not. it was thought about. There's, no? so. I mean, there are people that know exactly. I mean, they have a whole schedule laid out for that place long in advance. But I, I honestly think they're just taking a chance. I don't know what they're going to do. Football, football Would rules they move the world. It to the baseball just, stadium. Just time in America. Uh, so. They wouldn't. I don't think they move to the baseball because baseball is grass, and that'd be a whole whole other deal. Um, yeah. Good, good, good point, man. I I don't know, Blake. It's a good, good question. I did talk to Dave Prater just about an hour ago uh, about this eighteen schedule, and you'll read that on Racer X next week. Uh, the pros okay. and the cons, and why they went where, and why they dropped schedule, cities, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, look for that on Racer X next week. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, that'll be interesting to uh, to see what happens if that goes on. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, Bo, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. What's going on? Uh, I was wondering, and to, to preface this, I don't. The last two weeks, I don't think anybody's going to be breaking anyone like some claims have been made. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But would you have uh, Tomac or Baggett having more of an advantage over the other at, at specifically at Redbud? Does the track suit one of their styles better than the other, in your I, opinion? I think it suits Tomac. I spoke about that a little bit earlier. Tomac's uh, throttle happy. He grabs a handful. Uh, it's a sandier surface, so the bike can go anywhere. Unless it you know, downpours and, and or they water the crap out of the track and it gets into rut cross again, but I don't believe it will. So I think it suits Tomac. Uh, but like JT said, Baggett has put in some phenomenal rides there. The weather looks to be about 80 uh, this was a couple days ago. Of course, things could change, so it's not going to be super hot. I think Tomac. JT, what do you think? I think it's pretty uh, pretty split down the middle. I, uh, Blake practices on sandy conditions like this. You know, the dirt's a different color, but the, the consistency's similar. Uh, I don't see a huge advantage for either guy. I think uh, there will be some tracks down the line where, you know, like Washougal, I think uh, Tomac's going to be really tough to beat. Even Kenny last year, as great as Kenny was, he had nothing for Eli at that track. Southwick, same thing. Look at Eli, what Eli did to the field last year. Uh, so I think there's going to be some difficult days ahead for Blake to match Eli, but I don't really necessarily think this is one of those. Not, that's not to say Eli won't win. I just don't think he goes in with this huge advantage. Yeah, well, really, really, start's going to be so big. Of course, we know that, and that's Captain Obvious to say that, but, you know. It, it is. You know, both of them have shown the ability to come from last and still do well, though. You know, so... Beating each other, the start may matter. Um, the biggest factor I see with those two right now is Blake's first few laps of, I don't want to say struggle, but an inability to go his max speed in the first five laps. Um, and that's giving Eli an ability to run away. And uh, it's not, this is nothing new for Blake, but to beat Eli when Eli's, you know, Eli's sprinting right at the beginning. Um, it's going to come down to motos like that where, you know, three-point swings each way could could be the difference. Uh, thanks, Bo. You uh, you want to fly race an F2 helmet? Uh, sure. What, what, why would you hesitate on that, Bo? Well, Steve, um, I moved from Colorado to Louisiana, back home to Louisiana a few years ago. Uh-huh. And I don't have anybody to ride with, but and I, I sold my bike, but my son races BMX, uh, so I could get it for him if that's there cool. There you go. Uh, yeah, that'll work. Flies big on BMX stuff, so uh, that'll work, Bo. Stay on the line. Tits will get your info. Thanks for calling, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks. That's Bo. He wins the Fly F2 helmet. Uh, Carlos, you want to talk about the Gatorback USGP? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought I saw that uh, on, on Racer X maybe uh, a couple weeks ago. I raced in the in the nineties, uh-huh. and um, I was just curious. Uh, 
about that race and what do you guys think about Gatorade? I'm sure JT has a lot of experience there. And what are you guys' opinion of the chances of it returning to the national schedule? What do you think, JT? Never say never. A few years ago, you know, well, even I guess last year, before we heard about this uh, USGP going to Gatorback, I would have said, you know, no chance. Um, But as we know, the the National Series is ever-evolving, and there's talk, I hear talk all the time of tracks coming and going. Um, So I I do know they have plans of adding and removing tracks in the next few years. I haven't heard what new tracks will be added. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a possibility. Um, the toughest thing opinion, about Gatorback is – go ahead. I'm sorry. In your opinion, would Gatorback be a good uh, good spot for a national? Uh, sure. I mean, I don't think that – you know, I think they have to put a lot of effort in to make that track really good, uh, especially in the summertime, which is when it's going to be. If this race right. is in November, no problem. It would be absolutely great. Uh, they could right. keep the, the dirt under control and it wouldn't get hard and dusty. The problem is the National Series starts in late May and it runs through the end of August. And Florida in that time, it's it's two things. It's either incredibly hot and muggy or raining. There is no in-between. Uh, and neither of those are great for an outdoor motocross event that needs to attract, you know, 20-plus thousand spectators. So that's the biggest problem. Um, I don't think it's anything as far as uh, location or promoter. You know, I know the promoter really well. He could definitely pull it off. I just think it's a tough time of the year to have a, a motocross event in Florida that's going to draw spectators. JT, when's the last time you were there? Last time I was a Gatorback would have been a year ago for Mini Olympics. Okay, and is it is it softer than it used to be around the pit and all that, or is it still rock hard? Uh, well, the track or the pits? No, the the, the track. Like, is it? Yeah, still? the track's really hard. I mean, that's you know, okay, but so, it's all in how they prepare it. Right. That, that dirt, if you water it and rip it up, it can be incredibly good. Oh, it can be okay. Tacky, right. good. But if you don't and you don't water and you don't get the moisture into it and then rip it, it's like riding on asphalt. I always just remember being hard, pack, and dusty, even for nationals that I was there. You know, well, and so. that's that comes down to the promoter. Right. You know, Prep. we've never had a national there with a current promoter. You know, that's Win Kern. Um, that was back in Jerry West days, and you know they would basically yeah. flood the track in the morning. Yep. It would be muddy as hell, and then they would never touch it again the rest of the day. And then by three or four o'clock, it's rock hard and dusty, and then they so it's, do anything about but it. But it's possible. Yeah, yeah you can do it. Uh, oh, you can do it. Yep. It's just knowing how to do it and yep. putting the effort in to accomplish it. Uh, thanks, Carlos. Appreciate it. I'll be thanks. there, so thanks, I'm looking guys. forward to it. Thank you. I haven't been there since 97, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's get to Nick. Nick, what's up, man? How are you doing? What's your question for the Fly Race and Moto 60 show? Hey, guys. I was just wondering what your thoughts were on Blake Baggett's reaction in the press conference. Honestly, personally, I was a little bit disappointed. He uh, looked a little squeamish when everything got brought up. I would have I would have liked to see him, if he's going to you know, talk like that, let's double down and say, you know, my, my plate's still a different color than everybody else's. <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts it, on, yeah. you know, if you're going to talk, but, you know, do you think that he's going to back off this now, or do you think he just got a little nervous there getting put on the spot? Uh, I think he backs down from it. JT, what would you think of his reaction in the, the upcoming? Um, yeah, I think he probably had some people that are like, eh, let's, let's just – you know, let's tone down the talk a little bit. And um, I think really, though, I don't think anybody put him up to it. I think that's just how Blake views things. And he's 
he's a really straightforward person and you know he hasn't had the results to really warrant a lot of podium or press conference talk but it was kind of the same thing that was going on when he was winning the 250 he didn't pull any punches uh, you know he was scared he was was not scared to tell people how he felt and what he thought and that he thought he was the best guy and when he's doing that on a 450 and he's got his confidence back up, I think he's still that same guy. He's just kind of been in a situation where he wasn't able to talk. You know, when, when you're getting beat and you're not doing well, uh, you probably shouldn't open your mouth. So uh, I just think that I think deep down that's Blake and that's his confidence level when things are clicking. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah, I always feel like uh, it's. I love it because I cover the sport for a living, so I love the stuff that Blake was saying and, and all that, and I don't blame him for back, walking back from it a little bit at the press conference because you're on a stage and you just got third and everything else. Um, but on the other hand, like I, I always think that the, the Dungy way of handling things in Villapoto is not so bad because you you know, you know need friends, and why, why make it harder on yourself? You have the red plate, you know? So um, as much as I'd like to see him back it up, I understand it. So. Yeah, and it's it's just a different – it's a personality thing. You know, I, I know me personally how I am. If I got up there, I would I would be so much more like Dungy, and that's lame. You know, people are going to say that's lame, and, and it's boring for me as a media guy and fan. and all, It's boring. But I know how I am, and I don't want people – I don't like backlash, and I think I, I think I relate to Dungy. Like the, I don't like people talking bad about me. I don't like people disliking me. I don't like people uh, hating on things I say. So I try to give people zero ammunition to say stuff like that, and I think that's what Dungy always tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're Blake and you don't care, if you if you really don't care what people say or do or think, why not? Yeah, throw it out there. It's definitely entertaining. I give him that. Uh, last question for JT on the fly racing. Andy, you want to talk uh, to JT about the fly boots? Uh, yeah, I had a question. Um, now I run a pair of Alpine Star uh, Tech Threes. They got you know like the off-road cleat on the bottom. Yep. Does Fly have any plans to do anything like that with their boots? I was kind of looking around. I I like the Fly stuff. You know, I got jersey, helmet, pants, gloves, all the good stuff. Um, you know, wanted to kind of match all together. So I was just curious if you guys had any plans to do something like that. Uh, we do. Um, you won't see it in the 18 line, but uh, but there have been preliminary talks, and it's the good thing is is it's not a huge R and D time consuming project. Uh, right. Basically, just hey, you spec a sole, and we sample it a couple times to make sure it's right. Uh, but you're really just adding traction to a sole, so right. it's not right. a it's not a huge project that's going to take five years like a, a brand new helmet would or something like that. So, uh, to answer cool. short answer your question, yes, you'll see something like that uh, in a couple different boots coming out. There you go, Andy. Thanks, man. All right, awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Get Pro Taper and Truck Hero all on board with us. JT, thanks for your time. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the launch, and uh, uh, we will talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. All right, guys. See you. All right, thanks. Uh, all right, everybody. Still some people on hold. We give away our F2 helmet already. Appreciate that. 702-586-7857. Next up, from Get, Dan Truman. What's up, Dan? Long uh, long time no talk. Yeah, not a whole lot. Just uh, looking over some of uh, the 18 bike stuff and, uh, yeah, preparing for a next uh, busy few months. Nothing, uh, nothing pays a better compliment to get than uh, I saw a description of the new RMZ 18 and it said it has a get type ignition. Uh, that's awesome. That's good for you guys. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you know, you look at some of the new OEMs and Suzuki and Yamaha are leaning towards a lot of the things we've been doing for the last few years. So it just kind of, it's a little pat on the back that we've been doing a good job. So 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, get destroy the start. Uh, Chad Reed, Cooper Webb, uh, the JGR Suzuki guys as well. Uh, all use get on their bikes, and it's that little orange box you see in the front fender. See it a ton at the MXGP schedule schedule as well. So, how about MXGP right now, Dan? Uh, Antonio Caroli, the oldest guy there. Oh, I mean, well, Rui's older, I think, but uh, uh, basically destroying everybody. Yeah, he's been awesome. I follow the GPs really close. And- He's just got better racecraft than those guys right now, and uh, it's it's been unreal. You know, Hurlings, everybody thought he was going to come in and win. I thought he would be a little bit better. Uh, he was so tired this weekend, he couldn't even go to the podium after the race, you know. And Caroli's up there, you know, having fun. Yeah, and hanging out. Yep. <laughs> doing great. So it's cool to see. Tony's one of the, you know, uh, one of the best guys in the sport, I think. Uh, me and JT had a chance to go stay with him in, in Italy one time, and, and the guy's awesome. So... I think it's great. Uh, yeah. One of the callers asked about the Gatorback coming back on the national mm-hmm. circuit, and they did just release the 18 GP schedule also, and it's it's back on there. Yeah, so, so probably uh, wouldn't be back on the national. I circuit, say it would, right. wouldn't be back on the national circuit. Uh, you anytime. you spent some laps at Gatorback in your time. What do you think? Yeah, I've heard. Uh, well, I've been there recently, and the, like JT was saying, the track can be really good if it's prepped properly. You know, um, back in the national days, or you said you haven't been there since like '97. I no. think it was a lot different. You yep. know, a different promoter and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it can be good, and for viewing, viewing and stuff, you can see the whole track is kind of uh, similar to like a Lakewood, where it's all in front of you. Yeah, You're, you know, nothing's really hidden besides the one start. So I think it. Uh, I think it'll be a good turnout. I'll be there, and I think it'll be a really good turnout. You know what? I lied. I was there in '99 with Ryan Morris from Minios, and I sh- I got screwed out of the Golden Wrench. He won every <laughs> moto but two. Stu beat him in one moto, and Steve Martins beat him in one moto. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. We had the, we had the uh, MHR Axel Fun Mover as our pit, the Bradshaw thing that he had that he wrote out of. So yeah, um, he was fast that year. He was, dude. He was because it was me. I was tuning it. That's why it was so fast. Um, yeah. Hey, so for this weekend, Red Bud, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked JT. Is it the best national we have? It's the funnest, <laughs> I think. <laughs> it, it's for sure. Uh, it's you know when you put everything in the you know on paper and you look at it, I think it is probably the best national we have. Um, I always liked Bud's Creek. Yep. I, I always was a big fan of Bud's Creek. I thought it was it was good. It was easy to get from the pits to the track as a mechanic, and then easy to watch as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Red Bud's awesome. You can have a lot of fun there as a fan, and uh, you know, it's it's a good track. It's hard on the bikes, though. As a mechanic, it was hard on the bikes. Mm-hmm. For, at least for our team, it was back in the day. Yeah, so. well, it's soft. It takes you wide open. You're climbing hills. You got to leap. It's hot. Like lots of yeah. things going on. Yeah, um, but as a as a fan, I think it, it's definitely yep. top two best tracks. Uh, a few injury notes: uh, Josh Grant is out. Uh, for this weekend, Christian Craig is in, and, and Dan, you said Jordan Smith's out for the year. Yeah, uh, I heard Jordan Smith uh, tore something in his uh, in his knee, and he's got to get it fixed, so he'd be out for the year. And uh, I think McAdoo is back this weekend. Okay, all right. So that's that's a few changes. Uh, let's go right to the phone lines, Dan. Why not? We don't have a ton of time. And uh, questions for you, Mike. What's up? You want to ask Dan Truman a get question? Uh, yeah, sure do. Um, my son races uh, KX or KTM two fifty. And uh, now that KTM start making um, two strokes with EFI, I was wondering if uh, they're going to have an ignition for their two-stroke line coming up. Yeah, that's that's a good question. And we did a fuel-injected two-stroke a few years ago at Athena, and uh, so we have the technology to do all that stuff. And um, we we will make something. It's not going to be right away. 
because the main focus is the current four strokes. That's where our main market is. But, yeah, we do have plans to make something here in the future. All right. right, There you go. Thanks, man. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Next question for Dan from David. David, you want to talk about Fantasy Moto? Yeah, I do. You know, thanks to you guys, I've gotten all wrapped up in this (laughs) MX Fantasy thing. It's terrible, actually, but yeah. (laughs) It's driving me crazy at times. Right, right. (laughs) A couple quick questions here for you. Um, Like last weekend, I picked a guy named Hempen. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there watching it, and he doesn't even start the first moto. Mm Mm-hmm. How on earth do you find out uh, what's going on with these guys as the motos in process or <laughs> well Dan Dan's texting everybody that he knows possibly but um yeah Dan what what about that how do you find that? uh they actually showed Hempen on on TV uh he was having some issues with his bike from what we found out the mechanic pressure washed the bike after he washed it there were some issues with uh they couldn't get it to start um i think the practice was a little muddy and some water got somewhere, yep. and they were able to fix it for Moto2. But, yeah, he didn't even start the Moto. So um, I actually had two guys, one in each class, who didn't start the Motos. That you got to be pretty good to do that. There you go, so. David. That's how it works. That's how fantasy is frustrating for you. Oh, yeah, giving me ulcers. But, yeah, I watched them pushing the bike off. And uh-huh. Unfortunately, they gave it the wrong name. I'm going, oh, shit, I'll bet you it's my guy. But yeah. <laughs> it ended up being him. Yeah. No, that happens. Uh, absolutely. So, well, thanks for uh, calling in and thanks for getting into it. It's uh, welcome to the most frustrating time of your life. So. Oh, I'm there. But you got time for one more? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, as you go through the picks, you'll run into a lot of guys that you can't find past history on. You don't uh-huh. have a clue as to what's going on with these guys. Where do you get information to properly evaluate that? Dan? The the only place that you can go to get anything prior history is the Racer X Vault is very good. It's up to last year. So a lot of these guys don't race Supercross, but possibly they raced Nationals last year, the end of last year. So that's the best place to go to get previous results. Um, if they are a new up-and-comer, I mean, there's just no data. That's where you're just gambling. I mean, you can't go off amateur races because they're four laps, you know, so um, you're really just gambling. But the Racer X Vault I use quite a bit for guys that I that I pick that are high handicaps, and that's really the best thing you can do. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. There you I go. appreciate it. Thanks, David. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, welcome to Fantasy uh, Frustration. Uh, let's go, Sean. Sean wants to talk about Red Bud compared to Tennessee. What's up, Sean? Oh, yeah, not uh, Red Bud versus Iron Man. Oh, Red Bud versus Iron Man. Okay, well, Tits got it wrong. Shocker. But anyways, uh, what about it? But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, I've been going to Red Bud for, you know, years, and we just we just made the trip out to Iron Man uh, last year. We, I mean, that place is a gem compared to, like, uh, Red Bud and stuff. I just, you know, what do the riders think of the track? I mean, watching it, I think it's sick, dude. Yeah, track. Iron Man track is good. It's underrated. It's got a little bit of Red Bud with the hill on the one side that goes up and down, and but man, it's been kind of muddy, right? So, guys haven't been yeah. stoked on that. It's been rainy and crappy and and all that. So it's been really tough to to judge. But I'm with you, man. Track's great, but it doesn't get the crowd, Sean. It does. It's kind of weird. Like when you get when you're at Red Bud, you get like the the Red Bud vibe. Like just yes. that Red feel it. And then when you go to Iron Man, everything's just real chill. Nobody's really partying or anything. Nope. You you know what I mean, Dan? Have you ever been there? I, this... I think it's a, yeah. I think it's also. Uh, 
the where it's at in the schedule. You get the Fourth of July weekend this weekend. You know, people are off work on Monday, and and Redbud's always been known to have party and and a great time. And also, the series is really good right now. You know, in both classes, um, at Ironman. Usually, it's pretty much wound down and it's almost over. And, you know, I think it's just the end of the year. I think that really hurts it. Yeah, I mean, in Sean, my opinion. Sean, they have a party at, after the race, kind of for the for the trucks and team people and everything. And I'm just like, no, I'm out of here. Like, I, I don't want to spend and, one more second at a national track, you know, by the end of the series. So, actually, the funny thing about that is we, we actually, yeah, they had that party down there like two years ago. Uh huh. Grant Lynx, and we're. We were just like, like we just like snuck down there, whatever. Oh boy, we the, this Lance. could go anywhere. This could go anywhere right now. But go ahead. Because <laughs> I heard you guys talking about it on the Monday show, uh, but Langston, I, all of a sudden I heard Langston come out of the background. Hey, who's got the acid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tough. welcome to Grand Langston's world. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Dan, whatever Sean said that came out of Langston's mouth, it might not really a surprise. No, I, I, it could have gone anywhere. I, right. I had no idea where it was going. Right. But, I mean, that was on par. <laughs> right, right. Uh, let's go to Shad. Uh, is this Shad? You want to talk about Cooper Webb? Yeah, yeah. What's going? What's up, bro? What, 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 what up with Webb? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, has he got a one-year, two-year deal? Is he going to stay with Yamaha for next year, or what do you think is going to happen there? Yes, he'll be there. To, it was a two-year deal, right, Dan? It was. Yeah, yep. he has another another year at Yamaha for sure through, through, through next year. There you go, man. Right on. And, and you got Dan Truman on there of Get, right? Yeah. Right on. Uh, he's good friends with Chad. Do you see him going back to Yamaha? Um, I mean, he's got options. He's got more options, I think, than people think he does. Um, last year it was really hard for everybody to get a 450 ride, I think, because of the new guys moving up, but not as many new guys are moving up this year. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back there. Yamaha has to get somebody, right? They're not, they can't go racing with yeah. one guy. So. All right. Hey, Shad, we're going to put Truman on the spot. So uh, give us a percent, Dan, that he goes back to Yamaha and a percent that he leaves. Can I just go with That 50? would be sweet to know that. <laughs> yeah, give us a percent, Dan. Um. Has he rolled Honestly, 18? Hey, Chad, he's, uh, Chad, he's given us, he's given us percent, bro. He's, he's given us percent, Chad. I would say it's it's 50-50 because it also depends on Yamaha. I don't know Yamaha's obligations to have an outdoor guy for next year or if they're okay with, like, sponsors. I know a lot of sponsors push for two outdoor guys, and Chad's not that guy. So would that force Yamaha? I don't know if that would force Yamaha to have to sign two guys. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, right, right. So... so I could I could definitely see something like uh, Chad going back to Yamaha and then them moving up someone like Aaron Plessinger for outdoors to the factory team or something like that. Yeah, not a bad idea. All right, Chad. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, let's get to some more Get questions from Kyle. Kyle, what's up? You have a question for Dan about Get. I do. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Um, Dan, I had an idea. Of course, I don't expect to get any kind of royalties from it or anything. But I was wondering, have you guys considered doing like a GPS-based ignition where you could actually, instead of having to flick a button at certain parts of the track to where you could adjust your your power curves, you know, based on GPS settings on where you are on the track, possibly off the start and then after you get down past first turn, the ignition will change? Yeah, I, I don't think it's legal uh, is the first problem. So the... You can flip the switch. We can program the switch. We do have a one a map switch, and you can change it uh, on the track. 
but nothing can be mapped while the bike is moving. Um, it's against both AMA and FIM rules. But if it's so, in the map already before the rider takes off? Yeah, but we have that. I mean, we do have yeah, that now. Right. I mean, you, so. But what, what if it was pre-programmed? Would that go against the rules? If no, that's what, that's, what, that's what Dan's saying. That's what okay. they have now. So yeah, so so we we have that now. They works off RPM. It's RPM based. So I get what you're saying off GPS based, but you would need so much data. And I mean, for instance, you would have no data going into Redbud this weekend because they changed the track. You know, until the first practice, it, it the I get what you're saying, but it it would work on road racing because the track's always the same. But on motocross, the track's different every well, time. Also, too, how many guys would forget to flip the switch back or forget to switch it? You know. Like, it's hard on a motocross tra- track to think about all that, you know? In, yeah, in that's why I was considering a GPS facing because then it's not up to the rider to flip a switch. It would have program Oh, I thought you were GPS talking about the ro- – yeah, that's illegal. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah but also if it's – before, before I go, can you give me an idea yeah. of how your sponsorship program works? Dan, how's, your, how's the Get sponsorship program works? Yeah, you can contact us through the pulp. Through pulp. Um, that's how we've been tracking everything. And then uh, we have a racer support program, and there's a special price sheet. Everything has different margins, and, um, yeah, we'll be happy to help you out, though. Yeah, send a, send a question to me, and I'll forward it on to Dan. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. You have Thanks. a great afternoon. Thanks. You too. Uh, thank you. Uh, Jay, what's up? You want to talk about Eli Tomac? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Steve, first things first, man. Thank you for all that you do. Love it. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. It's been going well. So, so um, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the Pulp Show Monday night, and you mentioned that uh, Redbud, Millville, those are Eli Tomac tracks, steer with the rear, throttle wide open, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But it, it got me thinking, if you think back to, to Supercross 2015, Tomac won at New York, New Jersey, and then at Indianapolis that year, and those were deep, ruddy tracks. So the first couple of nationals were deep, ruddy tracks, and nobody said that those were Tomac tracks. But now Redbud and Millville are. So my question is, where do you guys think the switch came? Was it was it the bike? Was it Tomac changing his riding style to the bike? Um, what's going on there? I think Supercross is hard to tell people, you know, that kind of stuff. Like your start depends on your start and everything else and, and how bad the track is. Uh, you're right. Indianapolis two years ago was just a massive mud fest and everything else. Um and he did. He dominated. He crushed everybody. But I don't know. I, I think that the a national slot track that we've seen at the first three and compared to what we've seen at first four, actually, for that matter, and what we have coming up is just a different style of, of riding, a different style of racing. And I, I don't necessarily go with that. But, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying a little bit. I, I think that what we're talking about more as a Redbud Southwick being Eli track is that you don't have to be so perfect and – he, you know, he's very on-off on the gas, and I think you'll see this weekend, you know, the big sweeping berms and things like that. Eli's really good at those, where maybe at Muddy Creek he rode awesome last weekend, but he also got really good starts. I think if you put Eli in fifth or sixth, Anderson wins the race. So uh, it, it's hard to say. Uh, he was also on, he was on a different bike in 2015 too, totally different bike. That's true too. Yes. Um, but. Do you think Eli has changed his riding style somewhat with, with going from Honda to Kawasaki and a bike that was made for Villapoto and rear steering? I don't think so. I think maybe it's taken a bit of time to get used to it, but I don't necessarily go with him changing his style, you know? What do you think, Dan? Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's changed anything, but I also think that we're kind of overthinking all this. I think Eli, Blake, and, and Anderson are going to be the top three guys moving forward every weekend. 
I don't think that it's going to be like somebody's winning by 40 seconds. That's my opinion. I think those three guys, whoever starts up there, is going to, they're yeah. going to be up there. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, Cody, what's going on? You want to talk to Dan about uh, Git? Uh, yeah, I uh, have a 2016 YZ250F, and I live up here by the Thunder Valley track, and I ride there a lot up here in Colorado. And I was just kind of curious what ignition I should go about purchasing. I know I heard you guys talk about there's a, an extra injector you could add in there. Uh, what do you think, Dan? Help Cody yeah, out. It just depends on how, on how much you're really looking to, to do. If you just want to run a stock bike and, you know, get better performance, we have a an ECU called a Get Power, and you can just literally plug it in. It comes with a Wi-Fi comp tuner, so you can adjust it from your app. Uh, being in that altitude, you know, you would go a little bit leaner, add some timing, and you can do all that from the app. If you're going to, like, build a full race bike, then we – you would need to get the Evo ECU, which is the one that can use the second injector and things like that. So it's really just up to you. If you want to send an email to Steve and with your email, I can send you all the differences in prices and stuff. And yeah, Cody. So how serious are you? How fast are you? How much money you have? That's kind of, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty good B rider. I actually just moved up here from Texas, so I really noticed the power change. You know what I mean? Yep. Coming to the elevation. Uh, uh, what about the dual? I mean, what was, about the dual injector on a 250F YZ uh, 250F? Dan? Yeah, I mean, almost the Kawasaki comes with a dual injector. Yep. We make the kit a dual injector for all the other brands, and you do see big benefits outdoors for it. Um, you know, you get a little bit more horsepower. Obviously, it changes the power curve a little bit because where the fuel is spraying. But for the Yamaha, it's really good because the airbox is up high, and it was it's really easy to spray the fuel down into the throttle body. Oh, well, so. so there you go, Cody. Send me use the contact form on pulpamex.com. I'll forward it to Dan, and uh, and uh, he can help you out and uh, fit your budget and what you need and, and answer any questions, man. All right, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Get Pro Taper and Truck Hero. Dan Truman is on. Uh, Truman, before we let you go, I haven't talked much about racing. Thanks for all the thanks for all the calls. Uh, Zach Osborne, thirty-one point lead. It's early. It's six races left. Anything can happen. But man, he looks good. Like hard to see him blowing this. Yeah, I I agree. I really thought Jeremy Martin was kind of hitting his stride at high point, mm-hmm. and then I think he suffered from bad starts. And in that class, those guys are so close, you can't start outside the top fifteen and and uh, and get to the front. So I still think Martin and Osborne are the two guys that it comes down to. But uh, Jeremy Martin's got to start winning some motos. Yeah, he's got to make it start making it happen. Well, we can give him. Can we give him Millville? Can we just give J Mart Millville or what about A Mart? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can give it to him. Uh, Alex has been riding really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jeremy Martin's been good at um, at Red Bud in the past. I he know has. Cooper Webb had a really good battle here. Yep. So I look for him to. I have him to win this weekend. So. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, get. Uh, please check it out. Uh, get the uh, ECUs that the JGR Suzuki uses, as well as the uh, the Yamaha guys, and in Europe, a ton of people uses. Uh, please check them out. Get uh, get ECUs. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Yeah. See ya. Uh, that's Dan Truman. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks to Jason Thomas. Thank you, Tits, for all you do over there. My pleasure. Thanks to Bo. Want a helmet? First kid. Yeah. That's nice. What a dad. I'm not yeah. that good of a dad. Do you have any emotion towards that or no? I can respect the dad, but I had to keep it for myself. Right. For sure. <laughs> All right, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. We'll be right back. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it.